0: hello lovely listeners you may have just heard some beautiful intro music that we just received from the very talented emma pavo on instagram i received it after recording this episode so i didn't get a chance to announce it in this episode but i will be announcing it in episode 59 thank you so much emma for creating this beautiful music and back to the show Hello, welcome to episode 57 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Book Club podcast. I'm your host, Bethany, and today I have a returning guest, Barbara, from Badass Literature Podcast. Are yeah. you <laughs> excited to
1: be back? I am. I'm less nervous now.
0: <laughs> it's so nerve-wracking the first time you're on somebody else's podcast. Oh my goodness.
1: Yes. Yeah. Hearing myself back, I was like, gosh, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> Be better about this <laughs> no you sound great I remember the night we recorded my husband was like you must
0: have been having fun because you were laughing like the whole time I was like I really was
1: I was <laughs> so. having so much fun <laughs> that's what my boyfriend said to he's like you guys sure got along while you were like giggling the whole time I was like well when you are a fan of similar things I feel like at that point I feel like you have similar interests then you're like instant friends mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly so, today we're going to talk about chapters
0: uh, 44 and 45 of Scarlet because we're almost done with Scarlet. Which I know. Is, that's insane to me that we're almost done with the second book. But also, I have like 16 books left, so I don't know why <laughs> I don't feel very accomplished right now. <laughs> when you put it in that perspective, then. <laughs> <laughs> right? I also have a bit of an announcement It's already been made on social media But I haven't Made it on an episode Because I was waiting until I got confirmation I will be going on an episode Of Marissa Meyer's podcast Called The Happy Writer Which is very exciting And after this episode comes out I will have actually already recorded it So I hope it went well And fingers (laughs) crossed everybody That Bethany did not make a fool of herself
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll be channeling our nerdiness towards you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so before we get
0: started, how are you doing with last time I spoke to you, you had just moved. Yeah. How did it how was how was moving and going through quarantine at the same time? How did was that
1: insane? Yeah, I mean it that gave us time to actually unpack everything because we literally had no excuse at that point. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not like we could be like oh, you know, we have all these cool new stuff to figure out. It's like, no, we are <laughs> cool. so might as well get stuff done, you know? So that was kind of nice since we <clears throat> unpacked everything really quickly. Like I think within two weeks, we had everything unpacked. So that was nice, but trying to get used to a new home and a new place where we don't really know anyone is really hard since we can't really go out to make friends and we're working from home. So can't really go about that way. And I was in my new office for about two to three weeks, I think, if not even that before we got all sent home. So it's been interesting to say the least.
0: It's difficult. I totally feel you. We, we, being a military spouse, we move more than I would like, you know, yeah. and it, it's always a struggle to, like, feel your, when you're, to get that point where you actually feel like you're at home. Yeah. We, we were in Nebraska for, uh, I want to say a year before I made any, like, real friends. Like, actual friends that I could like text and call and not just be like, you know, hi at work and stuff. Right. Um, I want to say we were there about a year when that happened and, uh, definitely felt like (sighs) very lonely. I had my husband, thankfully, and my dog.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Luckily we've got the two doggos. And so we, we just been walking them, you know, like Mm -hmm. trying to stay safe and not do anything else but that. So, I mean, we go out and that's, Pretty much it, just walking them so they don't drive us insane by staying inside all day. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, the older I get, the the more I realize I, I'm okay with less things, too. Mm-hmm. But definitely, I think what's changed things in terms of, like, moving around and making friends is social media. Because I didn't really have social media the first time we moved. That was back in 2013. Mm-hmm. I didn't have Instagram yet, and Facebook is, you know, limited having social media now especially with the podcast i feel like i have all kinds of friends
1: yeah it makes it it makes it different i think yeah it does like Skype and uh, I don't even know all the other ones that we've used to like connect back with family and friends have been nice so we can still see everyone and they're all in the same boat. So it's not like they have an excuse like, Hey, do you guys want to FaceTime, you know, at 10? <laughs> That's an excuse, so you better say yes. <laughs> Depends on what
0: time it is. Cause sometimes I'm asleep. My sister Lindsay FaceTimed me last night at like, I think it was like 1045, which isn't super late. Mm-hmm. But I was just exhausted. <laughs> I'm going to grad school right now, and I am taking three classes, and I've got work and the podcast, and so I was just, I was so beat, and I was like, you know what? I don't have to get up until like 9:30. I'm gonna take some z and I'm just gonna go out. And then she called me at like, t- I think I went to bed at 10, and she called me at 10:45, and I straight up was like, what? Like I didn't even open my eyes. I turned it on. And I was like, what? <laughs>
1: she's like, well, shoot, never mind.
0: Well, she's in California, so it's 8:45 her time. Yeah, <clears throat> we were talking about time zones earlier. <laughs> um yeah, right. So sometimes she forgets that I'm not at 8:45. So she's like, oh, were you asleep? I was like, yes, that's why my eyes are closed and I'm in bed. And she was like, okay, bye. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. So I, I texted her this morning when I got up at 6.30 because it's 4.30 her time. And I was like, hey, are you asleep? Right. <laughs> <laughs> she did not text me back until like 10. So I'm guessing she wasn't back to sleep.
1: <laughs> um. That's funny. I did that with my sister. She's in Guam. So I think it's like a 14 or 15 hour difference. So okay. at night, it's her morning. So we're always like trying to figure out a sweet spot when we can talk since so it's, it's so different like when I'm she tries calling at like 10:30 or 11 I'm like I've got work in the morning like I can't be <laughs> up to you. she's like oh well it's like eight here and I'm like okay let's try a different time <laughs>
0: and it's hard to figure that out and like when you and I were messaging earlier I told you I've had we moved from California to Illinois when I was five. Oh wow and then I went from Illinois to, Missi- or to Nebraska and then from Nebraska to Mississippi. So I've been in central time zone for the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. So if we move to another time zone, I am going to be so messed up.
1: <laughs> I'm still not used to it. I think we've been here for three months, maybe bordering on four now. And I still like when people like Central Time, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, wait a second. What time zone am I? I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> because I've always had Central. Like I've always been Central, even when we moved and stuff like that previously to this I'm like oh no it's still central so I didn't I never had to worry about that until now and I'm like shoot now I have to like do math like when is that (laughs) I
0: have I feel kind of I don't want to say stupid because I know people like hate that word but I do feel kind of ditzy sometimes I guess because I'll get a message from someone and they'll and I'll say like hey can you record at such and such time and central and they'll be like sure and then they'll give me a letter, and then it'll say ST, and I'm, like, okay, I know ST is standard time, so what is standard. the first letter, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll sit there, and I'll Google it, and I was, like, oh, duh,
1: P Pacific, that makes sense, like, <laughs> yeah, no, I still have to do that, too, it's, it's not just you, trust me, when I moved, I'm, like, okay, now, like, what is, because I've only ever known Central, so I'm, like, okay, what's What's the other time zones? Which ones am I missing? There's Mountain, right? And I'm like, okay, which one's Mountain? It's over here. Or I'm like, oh, this is awful. Yeah,
0: I felt so silly because, um, welcome back to the Time Zone Podcast. Uh, <laughs> I felt so silly because so my sister Ivy lives in Washington State. My mm-hmm. sister Samantha and it lives with my mom in Arizona. And my sister Lindsay lives in Southern California. And for some reason I didn't <laughs> it didn't like click in my head that there's multiple time zones. Right. Like my brain was like, Okay, there's like East Coast time, West Coast time, and Central's everything in the middle. Mm-hmm. But there's this other thing called mountain time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like and my sister Smoothha texted me and she was, we were trying to figure out a time where all four of us could talk. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Well, I'm on Mountain Standard time and I was like, What
1: the f is mountain? standard time. <laughs> when is that a time zone?
0: <laughs> oh, I felt so dumb cuz you could see all of my I'm in a I'm in a video chat with my so you can see all of my sisters looking at me like that bitch has a bachelor's degree <laughs> with a 4.0 and doesn't know what standard time zones are and I'm like,
1: "Yep." Hey, I consider us book smart, you know. <laughs> I said street smart was a thing. <laughs> right? Like I can write an entire collection
0: development policy. I got you, you right. no
1: time zones
0: you gotta google
1: no. that <laughs> <laughs> I that's not know. <laughs> yeah I also have to look at like where the time zones are at you know because like certain states I feel like some of them are half like I think mm-hmm. Florida is not all I mean, what are we Eastern? yeah eastern time so i'm like, like kind of figure out like i'm like okay where are the cutoffs for the states so i know like what time i need to be talking to people about it's so confusing
0: i didn't so my dad lives in florida he lives in inverness with uh-huh. my bonus mom and my bonus grandma barb and i drove there i've driven there like four times now but the first time i drove there i was by myself uh-huh. and i was driving there to have a sister's trip at my dad's house with me and all my sisters And I knew that it was an hour ahead. Mm -hmm. Like I knew that it was an hour ahead. And I was still telling him like, no, I'm going to get there at this time. And he was like, okay, you mean this time? And I was like, no, this time. (laughs) And so he called me, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. And he called me and he was like, well, I'm standing outside and you're not here. And you (laughs) said three o'clock. And I was like, well, it's only two o'clock. And he was like, no. And I was like, he was like, what time does your GPS say? I was like, well, it says three, but my car says two, because <laughs> my car didn't like automatically change. Right. Yeah. My phone does. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, it struggles real with time zones.
0: We I'm not so glad, be glad I'm not alone though, because <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty easy to feel alone when you have ditzy moments like that.
1: <laughs> I know. I was saying, you know, I was like. I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, shoot. I wonder if time zones is going to take a factor into this. And then I was scrolling back. I was like, yep, yep. It was a time zone issue. I feel like like an idiot. (laughs) You're so funny. I apologize. That is my doggo. And she's a husky. And she uh, howls when she wants something. That's okay. My dogs
0: make frequent
1: appearances in episodes. I've just gotten used to it. (laughs) They were really bad our last time we were um, recording stuff. I don't know what their deal is lately. They've just been kind of needy. I feel like there's two things that
0: I do. One, I'll try to make it a part of the podcast. Like one time we were talking about sewage. My co-host Ashley and I were talking about sewage and Scamp was like, and we were like, okay, so Scamp doesn't like sewage. The other thing I'll do, <laughs> if they're going crazy, I will put peanut butter in their mouth. Oh. I'll just take like a big spoon of They're peanut just... butter and put it in their mouth, cause it, they get distracted trying to trying to lick it all off. That's
1: not a bad idea.
0: So today we're gonna talk about chapters 44 and 45. But first, fan art Friday. I look forward to these. I do too. So this is from June 26th. It is also from Cheshire Lunar Anarchist on Instagram. Who is so nice, letting me share pretty much everything I ask for. And I feel like I'm constantly messaging and being like, hey, can I share this? Hey, can I share this? <laughs> <laughs> but it's Lavana, which What's I thought was thing? fitting for chapter 46 mm-hmm. or 40. Is it 45 that I'm talking about? Chapter 45. But we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but she looks like she's commanding an order. I feel yeah. like.
1: The, the expression on her face is just on point like she looks like she's in the process of telling someone what to do in a not in a nice way
0: right like she's she's telling somebody off is what she's yeah. doing <laughs> she, it
1: like, exudes like that power and the authority in that picture it's just perfect
0: yes very um assertive
1: mhm mhm a good... dominant force
0: that is levana
1: yes like she I, that she did a, such a good job with the facial expression and then like yeah. the, the, I was going to say the Luna behind her, the moon behind her.
0: <laughs> I like that there's like a kind of glow about the whole picture mm-hmm. because I feel like that's how Luna is to us in the series. It's like, it's mysterious and it's unknown and it's, it's a mystery <sighs> And so I think that the, like, haziness of the picture alludes to that mystery. Yeah, beautiful. It is. I love Fan Art Friday. Fan Art Friday is, like, one of my favorite things about the podcast.
1: I enjoy looking at those. People are so talented. (laughs) They are. It makes me wish I
0: could draw, but I really, really, really can't. (laughs) (laughs) I can draw stick figures. And even those are questionable. <laughs> so last week, Patreon members voted on chapter titles for chapter 43. And I know Ruth will be disappointed because she really wanted her chapter title. But <laughs> Broken Man by Boys Like Girls is the one with the most votes. So that's funny. I think that I, it happens to me too sometimes, though, where I'm like, this is the perfect one. Why didn't it get votes? But. That's what makes it fun is everybody else's choices.
1: Yeah. Which we'll get to, but I really liked some of yours. I was like, "Oh, why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> I had a last time I was struggling with these, I was like, "Oh, you know, I think I've got some good ones for these." It was hard trying to narrow it down to like one or two.
0: Sometimes it's hard to narrow it down and sometimes I'm like, I just can't seem to find the perfect thing I want. Mhm. And I feel like I always think of it later. Right. Like my husband uh, has been watching Scrubs. Mm -hmm. And I don't have time for TV, unfortunately. But the other day, I was like walking in and out of the room. And I was like, what song is this? (laughs) And I was like, listening to the lyrics and everything. And he was like, why do you look so upset? And I was like, this would have been great for chapter 23. And he was like, "What chapter are you want?" I was like, "45." Yeah.
1: He was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> we're not we're not there anymore."
0: <laughs> that one's gone. I can't do anything to get it back.
1: <laughs> I mean, you can always just be like retroactively thinking about it, this song would have fit better. <laughs> yes.
0: What I have right now is songs in my head that I'm like, "Man, I can't wait to find a perfect chapter to use that." Like, um I did something bad by Taylor Swift. Oh, such a good song. I, just know that there is a Lavana chapter somewhere that needs that song. And I am just waiting for it because I want to use it just because I love that song so much. But part of me is like, no, feel it in. There's gonna be a perfect moment later. Yep. Yeah, opportune moment.
1: Jack Sparrow it, okay, Jack Sparrow. Yes, exactly. You don't want to give it away too soon. Exactly. <laughs> so speaking of giving things away, let's go ahead and get started. Yeah
0: chapter 46 last week we left off with kai offering marriage to lavana in exchange for her ceasing
1: the attack on earth uh, that was uh, a stressful chapter was yeah. i remember reading that the first time and just like screaming at my book and going "No, it's a trap don't do it and then just uh, all the emotions that came from that i
0: remember it's something that I do when I'm frustrated with a book, but I know I have to keep reading is I'll just close it. And I'll just be I'll just have like, a moment where I'm just like holding the book and just glaring at it. And then I'll go back to reading. And yeah. I I remember we were in the car. I don't remember where we were going. But I, I remember I read the, the second book, like immediately after finishing the first one. So we were probably doing something important, like grocery shopping, and I just kept reading because I do that. I'll take it to dinner with me sometimes if I need to. Sorry, that's just what you get when you marry a librarian. It, yeah. um, <laughs> but I remember like closing the book and just staring straight ahead, and my husband being like something bad, and I was like, oh yeah, because <laughs> he doesn't read, but like he knows what's happening based off of my reaction. Right. And so when I close a book and like angry, he's like, all right. <laughs> she's she's grumpy now. <laughs>
1: Give her a second.
0: <laughs> well, and sometimes I'll come to him and I'll be like, not that you care, but this character just did something insane, and he doesn't care, but he's a good sport, and he's like, what were they thinking? And I'm
1: like, I know. <laughs> See, I wish I could do that, but Michael likes to read, and sometimes I recommend books like the series, this one, like I've yeah. always recommended, and I want him to read, it, and we're finally, go- it's gonna happen now. Um, thanks to you. Yes. Um, yes because so, I've, I've never had a boy. I need a boy. Yes. Yeah. He's going to read it. It's going to be, Yay! Our, I think it's going to be the, our, so not the one we're currently reading, but the one says so two months from now from recording and stuff. We're going to be reading this one. So excited. So, told him about it he's like oh that sounds really cool so like every time I'm like reading something he's like oh like why do you look upset and I'm like I can't tell you now like I can't, I can't <laughs> we can't
0: talk about this <laughs> can't, can't talk
1: about like read once you read it then we can discuss but right now I can't I can't say anything that's
0: the beautiful part of social media is you can go on social media and be like I'm on page Mm -hmm. of Scarlet, and I feel this emoji, and everyone will be like, I got you.
1: (laughs) That meme with the cat, like, typing aggressively.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So my husband has listened to the first book on audio, because he doesn't like to read, but he'll listen to books. Uh huh. And we listen to audiobooks when we're doing long road trips, which we do a lot in the military. Yeah. It's been over a year since we listened to the Mm -hmm. first book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And immediately after finishing the first book, he was like, "You have the second one, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, but we're gonna be home in an hour. When are you gonna finish it? Next time we right. get in the car, he was right? Like, yeah, just just save it. But now, <laughs> now it's been over a year, and he still hasn't gotten to it yet. Mm-hmm. I will be going on Marissa's podcast uh, anyway. I'm so excited, for you. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I'm excited for listeners because they've been asking me for. Pretty much since the podcast started, like, hey, when are you gonna do an episode with Marissa? And I'm like, um, as soon as she lets me right. <laughs> It's
1: the other way around. It's not me, that's the issue. <laughs> yeah, and actually
0: a big thank you to listeners because I had already reached out to Marissa um way back in March when I met her, but that was right before COVID hit. So uh-huh. I wasn't expecting anything anytime soon, but when she emailed me, so she has her own podcast now called The Happy Writer, and she did a survey about her podcast. And on one of the questions, it was um, like, "Who do you want me to work with?" And apparently, a lot of the um, a lot of people wrote Prince Kai Pod in that survey. So a big thank you to all the listeners that did that because that was really nice and it helped get the word out about Prince Kai Pod.
1: That's awesome! Oh, that makes oh that's. That's like that's all you want is like the appreciation, and it seems like your fans love that, and you're doing a hell of a job. Obviously, for them to recommend you, I.
0: Had, I was telling my husband today, I was like, "Can you believe people want to listen to me this much?" <laughs> uh, I had no like he idea. He said something nice. <laughs> well, I remember when Becca and I first started, we were like, "Who do you think's gonna listen?" And we, and I was like, "I don't." Besides our families,
1: I have no idea. Right that's how ours is. I was like, are you know, our, our three listeners, you know, it's like numbers <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's always so surprising when it's like our numbers, like, Oh, you have like 40, you know, listeners or like, you know, more than that. I'm like, I don't think I know 40 people that would actually generally listen to this. That means we actually have legit people that I've never met that listen to us. This is insane. (laughs) I remember the first time we
0: got a letter, like a message from someone asking us a question. I remember texting Becca and being like, I think we might be a legitimate podcast now because we just got our first listener email. And she's like, what? (laughs) So she's really, so I used to have two co-hosts, Becca and Ashley, and they both, took a hiatus right before COVID, not mm. realizing that COVID was gonna happen. Mm. So, um they both kind of had to like quit uh, quit the podcast, I guess. They're still like they still talk to me and they're so really supportive of the podcast, they just can't mm-hmm. record anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I messaged oh. both of them like in a group message and I told them about Marissa Meyer and they were both like spazzing out in the group <laughs> message. And I was like can you believe it? And Becca was like, I am so impressed with you. And I was like, I did nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but thank
0: you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. We haven't talked about anything yet. <laughs> Back on track.
1: Right? <laughs> this is the- Yeah, I know, Luna. I know. I'm sorry. We are behind. Yes. Yeah, see,
0: that's what I do. I'm like, the dogs are just part He's, of the show, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll put on the show notes that a special guest appearance by Luna.
1: Yes, yes. Yes that's what
0: I do. I'll put special guest appearance by Scamp Finger if he talks a lot.
1: Yeah, we have to do that, too, on ours. I'm like, at this point, there's no editing it. We'll just say, like, hey, our dogs are in this.
0: Yeah, I used to try so hard, and I, I finally had a bunch of people who messaged me, and they were like, don't worry about your dogs. We don't care. And I was like, okay, well, I only needed one person, so. Right. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> um, so last week we left off with Kai... Saying he was going to marry the Predator We're back in Scarlet's point of view aboard the Rampion. They just got away from the squabble in Paris. And this is a pretty intense chapter, so I guess we should just get started. Because I get very frustrated on multiple occasions reading this chapter. So Cinder is sitting on the ground. They're all disheveled. Cinder's sitting on the ground. Wolf is still unconscious and covered in blood. Thorn is lying on his stomach. And Cinder for some reason just goes, You're a pilot. Like that's all she could think to do or say. She's like, Oh, you're a pilot.
1: Like Scarlet. Yeah. Scarlet thinks to herself, This is Princess yeah. Celine. Yeah, that was a just interesting for her to be like, Oh, finally to like put the whole process of talking to the grandma and stuff, found out there she is and she's the one who rescued you. Exactly, Luna. Luna was surprised too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So Scarlett starts to say, like, well, my grandma taught me, but she can't get the words out. And so instead she goes, but your ship does pretty well on
1: its own. I know my heart went out, like out for her on that part. Like, you can just feel that emotion where she's just like tightening up and stuff like that. Still thinking about her grandma.
0: Some big life changes are always hard to uh, adapt to, I think. And death is one of them. I mean, it's been like what two maybe three hours since her
1: grandma died right, not not long at all to process all the emotions that come with the death and so right. yeah, I'm surprised she held it this good this well <laughs> my husband's grandmother died
0: uh wow I guess it's been almost a year um but we weren't able to go home for the services and that you're supposed to have favorites but she was my favorite out of all of his grandparents
1: mm-hmm. um
0: and we were talking the other day and we had forgotten we were just talking about her and then like we both had this moment where we were like oh right yeah. she died right because without being able to go home and deal with um you know funeral and getting the opportunity to have the closure and say goodbye we didn't really process it all the way and so we were just talking about things and We used the present tense and then we both kind of just stared at each other and we both had this, we had the realization at the same moment of like, oh, right. And that was almost a year ago. It's been three hours for Scarlet. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: At at most, it's been three hours. I can't imagine it's been very long.
1: No. Yeah. And that's why I was like, she held it better than I would have. Like the, the way she's trying to like put it aside to deal with what's current is... I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I would be like, ah. Yeah,
0: I'm not. Um, I don't. I don't handle death well at all, and I'm certainly not like. You know how in movies and TV shows there'll be people that like just handle things really well. They can compartmentalize and they can like buck up and put on a brave face and stuff. I am the exact opposite of that. the exact opposite in every possible way so even just her making a sentence with the word grandma in it is more than I could possibly do
1: right see that's my thing if I don't think about it and say the word that might trigger me to it then I feel like I would do a better job but her saying the grandma I feel like that would be a trigger for me so I would have lost it you know and she just kind of like shifted gears to not have to deal with that so I thought Luna is
0: Um, really upset about
1: She's Grandma, okay. I know, sweet pea. Grandma, huh? No, poor
0: poor Luna. <laughs> so I go introduces herself, which I love. I love,
1: <laughs> I, love <her. laughs> I love. She's just like, it's, Well, yes, yes, that's me. <laughs> I can handle myself. I'm great. Okay. Is really okay? So glad to be of service. <laughs>
0: But she does ask the important question: Is anyone hurt? And yeah. I, I love Cinder. Everyone's hurt.
1: <laughs> she grums
0: Perfect. I feel like that would be my response in that situation. I would just be like, "We're all hurt, okay?"
1: <laughs> Her sassy pants comes out. Right.
0: Just once again proves how useful that med bay is that Thorn wanted to cover up with crates because when were they gonna need it? <laughs> Scarlet asks if they're going to be okay, and Cinder's like, eh, I hope so. I don't know what happens after the darts are used. (laughs) It's like, maybe you should have done that before using it, but I guess that works. (laughs) I mean, we can assume they don't kill them, because they're still breathing. Right. (laughs) So, Scarlet rips off her hoodie, she covers Wolf's arm, and asks for bandages, which... She doesn't want to, but Cinder gets up. She goes to get the supplies. Thorne wakes up and goes, "Are we?" <laughs> or thorn. I that's how I would be trying to get words out. I love yeah. Cinder though. Oh, you're awake already. I was hoping you'd stay knocked out a while longer. The peace and quiet was a pleasant change. Uh, but I, I do like that Scarlet said she, like
1: Scarlet could sense the relief rolling off the girl. Mhm. I like so, that With the saying that like I like how Cinder can still tease him because that's how she shows that she cares for him and I I like that Scarlet could pick up on that like she knew she wasn't being serious about it you know that she, she actually cared about Thorne and his safety and was worried about him so
0: and I like that too I like that Cinder and Thorne have They've been butting heads this whole time, which I've mentioned before I like because I hate the whole love triangle thing. Mm-hmm. And I like that that's not yeah. really an issue in these books. But I I like that the sass comes from a good place. And so this is Cinder's being sassy because one, I think that's kind of a reflex for her at this point. Because mm-hmm. she gets sassy with Scarlet a few times too and they don't even know each other. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with Thorne, I think, Part of it is is a reflex, and part of it is to hide the fact that she really was worried about him, and now she does feel relief that he's okay. Yep, yep. But she can't exactly. let him know that.
1: Right, like she doesn't know how to express herself other than just that way. So Cinder cleans up
0: Thorn and tells Scarlet, you guys need to cut out your ID chips so we can't be trapped. Thorn calls Wolf a loon. <laughs> it's not a word you hear very often. And says that they need a cage.
1: Uh, this is why I love him. He's my favorite character. His sarcasm. Me too.
0: <laughs> I love him so much. I can't wait for my husband to listen to these books because I know he's going to like Thorin. I will say, I think my husband is going to... I think my husband... I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. I think my husband's favorite male character is probably going to be Kai, no matter what he reads throughout the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, If for no other reason... Than because I think he likes that Kai is like constantly trying to be this well together guy, but does not have his together at all. Mm-hmm. That was way off topic. Anyways, uh, I just think it's I think it's funny that Thorn is basically like, does anybody have a kennel? <laughs> yeah,
1: <right. laughs>
0: the dog needs a timeout. <laughs> Managed to get the loon on board, huh? Maybe I can find a cage for him in one of those bins. I hate for him to kill us all in our sleep after all that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's not an
0: animal uh, are you sure <laughs> yeah. i love that Cinder's like well i hate to agree with thorn i mean seriously i hate to agree with him but we don't know what that wolf is gonna do so yeah kennel
1: i know i like how she has to like tell him twice, like, I really don't like this, that I have to agree with him, like, what? but at the point.
0: <laughs> like, I can't make it clear enough how much I don't like my own opinion, but <laughs> uh, So Scarlet starts to say, like, no, he's on our side but she can't. Again, she can't get the words out because even she's not quite sure. Exactly. Her uncertainty
1: speaks volumes here, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. And I love Thorne. It's just Thorne cracks me up so much. Well,
0: I feel much better.
1: I love that. It's so cute. Sarcasm once again. Like, I just love him. I just, every time he's in the scene, like, I'm like, I want more of him in this book. Yes, and in every book. Uh, <laughs> Thorne starts
0: to put ointment on his dart wound, and Scarlet goes, Who are you? I love it. I love it. Captain Carswell Thorne. Like, I just picture him, like, standing up, like, fist, hands on his shoulder, just like, I'm Captain Carswell Thorne. Like, because that's who he is. He
1: is Captain Carswell Thorne, damn it. Very, he's very proud of that. Yes, Captain
0: is a title he wears well. Yeah,
1: it's like, kind of like Jack Sparrow, that's who he reminds me of. He's like, I'm a captain. Yes. Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, Captain. Yes.
0: <laughs> so Thorne asks where the gun came from and Scarlett said she found it in one of the bins and then they turned the screen on. The screen showed a shaking image of a bloodied man running full speed toward the camera. There was screaming and then static. A male anchor man behind a desk replaced the video, his face pale. This is footage fed to us from the attacks in Manhattan earlier tonight, and sources have confirmed that more than a dozen cities across the Union are also under siege. So, now we're watching the news, something I do not enjoy doing, especially in current climate. Yeah. Um, now we're watching the news to see what happens. We're watching the news to try and keep up with the attack on Earth. Scarlet goes to cut out Wolf's ID chip and notices that it hasn't been in there very long.
1: Yeah, I thought that I was wondering if when he was sent off, like his team or pack was sent off that they all got tracking chips or if they did not have chips in Lunar is like in when know. they came to the Earth that's why they got the chips. I was curious to know why the scar was brand new.
0: I think because the, the chips are new, because they talked about Because we know that they get the chips from quarantines.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: I think that that tells you how long he's been on Earth. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Have to keep reading and listening to the podcast to find out. Mm. (laughs) So the news report is from the U.S. and it's from Capital City. So is Washington, D.C. not the capital? Or did it just get a rebrand and a new name?
1: Yes. That's, that's what I need to know. Same question. I was, well, I had to reread that because I was like, wait a second. Like, Capital City, Do we just rename it? Is it no longer where it used to be? Did we change the location? Or, like, what's going on?
0: Well, because it's almost unusual where our location is, right? Because you would think it would be, like, in the middle of the country or something. Right, Luna? Yeah, yeah right. But... It, and I suppose technically it was, you know, when we were a much smaller country. I also wonder, we know that in this world there's been a World War Three and a World War Four that had a lot of nuclear damage done to Earth. So I wonder if Washington, D.C. isn't there anymore and they had to have a new city, a new capital, yeah. so why would they name it the same thing?
1: Right. That is very probable given the fact that why wouldn't they be bombed? Because that's the, our central location for it. Right. So. I can see why it would be Um, one of those cities that did get bombed, so... And, yeah, it's not... I remember reading another book where they just named it, like, New New Washington, D.C., and I was like, (laughs) Well, it's also...
0: It's not the United States of America anymore, and this society is called the American Republic, so I could also see it being, like, new country, new name kind of thing. Right. such a cute puppy. So Wolf groans, and... Thorin has the gun, just in case he's got the gun ready.
1: (laughs) Just, like, I don't have to use it, but I can. Yeah, just nonchalantly pointing at him, no big deal.
0: Yeah. Wolf gets sick. He makes makes mess, as Becca would say. (laughs) (laughs) And it's interesting to me that Cinder says, sorry. So, that tells me that part of her feel sympathy for him even though they don't for sure know if he's a good guy or a bad guy yet. Mm. So I just, I, that was interesting to me. But Thorin is like good. Aces, I'm glad that didn't happen to me.
1: How embarrassing. He's so, he's so poetic. I know, he's so, <laughs> like way to kick a man while he's down. <laughs> <laughs> this, guy,
0: this guy is literally bleeding, shot, covered in blood, the shot with a dart Somebody just ripped out his ID chip, and he vomited, and Thorn is like, where's the kettle? Right. <laughs> but Cinder says it's probably a side effect of the drugs, and Wolf has his green eyes again, which is very nice. Yes, I love his green eyes. They're not filled with animal hunger anymore, and he says, you're alive. She tucked a curl behind her ear, baffled at her own release. This was the man who had handed her over to those monsters. She should have hated him, but all she could think of was desperation when he'd kissed her on the train, when he'd begged her not to go looking for her grandma. Thanks to you, and Thorne goes thanks to him. <laughs> love it. I love it. I'm so with Thorn on this one though, because from Thorn's perspective, yeah, he just Wolf like was trying to kill her. She demands that they bring Wolf on board. Now Wolf is awake, and she's like, thanks for saving my life, and Thorne
1: is just like, the f-? Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> um, was he just trying to kill us a second ago? Like... <laughs> I feel the same
0: way. <laughs> so there's a lot of dialogue here. I'm not really sure how to summarize it best. There's a lot going on in this chapter. There is a lot going on in this chapter. Wolf says, she, or Cinder says she's sorry. You're aboard a cargo ship orbiting Earth sorry about the whole tranquilizer thing. I thought you were going to eat her.
1: (laughs) Wolf says, yeah, me too. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I love his honesty. Like He's like, yeah, me too. (laughs) I was really worried about it.
0: (laughs) And then he says, my queen is looking for
1: you. Ah, queen. So I know it is technically his queen and stuff like that, but I just feel like I wouldn't have thought that he would have this much loyalty to her to call it, his queen
0: i don't think it's necessarily a loyalty in terms of like his queen you know what i mean not like not maybe in a term of endearment right i think based on how we've seen other lunars and thaumaturges act i think that's how they're supposed to refer to her yeah yeah i don't think they're supposed to say her majesty or the queen or Mm -hmm. queen lavana i think that Part of the control, which we see a lot more of in the second chapter, but part of her control, part of her making them adore her is the implementation of using the word my so that there's like, like word association there. Right. That's, that's what I think I could be wrong. I'm sure listeners are screaming and messaging me right now if I'm wrong.
1: (laughs) See, I thought it was more of like a polite thing because Wolf is very polite. You know, That's at least that's what I've got from him, more so than Thorn, obviously. Right. Um, <laughs> so I thought maybe it was more just like a, a polite thing, and that's why he's using it and not more for the loyalty aspect because I don't think he's, he doesn't seem like he really much cares to be loyal to her in the sense like there's no love between them, you know, like he doesn't have that. At least, I I didn't sense that from him.
0: No, I don't either. And, you know, I wonder I wonder if it's a habit. Like, I wonder if they are supposed to call her that when they're talking to each other and when they're talking to the right. thaumaturges. And so, when talking about her at all, he's just gotten in the habit of saying that. Right. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to keep an eye out because is it this chapter that he says, you have my loyalty now?
1: Yes. yes. So...
0: Maybe the loyalty was there, but out of a sense of duty, not out of a sense of. Or just to stay alive. Yeah. Uh, Self-preservation. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that one, too. So Wolf says, you shouldn't have brought me here. I put you all in danger and you should have killed me. A little melodramatic.
1: I know, right?
0: (laughs) Not that it's not deserved, but it is a little melodramatic.
1: And we're considered the dramatics. species (laughs) species yeah
0: <laughs> and before they can have a moment because scarlet is trying to calm wolf down and this cracks me up so much she's like you would never hurt me and he's like if anything happened to you and went and cinder goes do you intend to harm anybody aboard the ship or not
1: <laughs> so blunt <laughs>
0: she's, she does not have time for this mushy gushy bullshit nope she has a crew to protect are you going to hurt us or not <laughs> that's all anybody cares about yep (laughs) and wolf says no i know (laughs) wolf says no and cinder because cinder has her lie detector says he's Hmm. telling the truth and thorne goes and that's supposed to make me feel better
1: he's like okay
0: and then i go shh kai's making an announcement
1: I feel like when I read that, I feel like she sang song that, like, oh, he's speaking an announcement, you guys. Because <laughs> her love for him knows no bounds.
0: <laughs> it has no boundaries. I love it. <laughs> and I love Thorn too, being like, Cinder has a crush on him. I love Aiko. Don't we all?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, you can just hear her, like, <laughs> sigh, like, oh, yes. And I also love how he, there's no secrets, you know. Poor poor Cinder's love for Kai just gets thrown out there. Oh, yeah, (laughs) because Thorne is not subtle of the slightest. (laughs) No, subtle and Thorne do not go hand
0: in hand. No. So we find out it's 3.30 in the morning in the Eastern Commonwealth, which means it's 9.30 in Paris. This is very long, Mm -hmm. but I kind of want to read what Kai says. So first he says, You all know why I've called this press conference in the middle of the night, and I thank you for coming on such short notice. I hope to answer some of the questions that have been posed since these attacks began nearly three and a half hours ago. So that's how we know it's 3.30 in the morning. I can confirm that these men are from Luna. Some of our scientists have already begun conducting tests on the body of one of these men killed by a police officer in Tokyo. And have confirmed that they are genetically engineered soldiers. Okay, so they just, like, killed one, took it.
1: Experimented.
0: Okay, part of me is like, okay, yeah, you could do an autopsy. Like, that's a normal procedure after someone dies. Mm -hmm. But it didn't say they did an autopsy. Nope. It says conducting tests. And I I know that they're the bad guys. I'm not saying that they don't, like, I know that they're the bad guys and that, you know, prisoners of wars don't really have rights on opposing soil. I get that. But it does feel kind of like a violation to just conduct all these tests on unconscious people, on dead people, without their
1: consent or the consent of their families. I was gonna say, at the end of the day, they're still somebody's family member, so yeah, that just kind of like puts a sour taste in your mouth. I agree.
0: So then he says they appear to be lunar males whose physical makeup has been combined with the neural circuitry. I feel like I'm saying that wrong, but oh well. I Uh, said it. (laughs) With the neural circuitry of some sort of wolf hybrid, it seems clear that their surprise attack was orchestrated in a way to ensure terror, confusion, and chaos throughout Earth's major cities. In this, I feel it is safe to say they succeeded. There's some sort of wolf hybrid. That makes sense. We've been given that indication before. Mm -hmm. It explains why they have heightened smell uh, hearing, hearing yeah. uh, you know, hunting skills and instinctual in terms of attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. exactly. Many of you are aware that Queen Lavanna has been threatening to declare war on Earth for nearly her entire rule. If you are wondering why Queen Lavanna chose now to initiate this attack after so many years of threats, it's because of me.
1: Ugh. I know, gutted.
0: And this is when Cinder pulls her knees into her chest and squeezes them until
1: her arms begin to shake. Oh my God. No, this uh, the way she describes that scene is just heartbreaking. You can feel the pain coming off of Cinder because of what he said. And she, you know, deep down she knows it's not his fault. Yeah. But she still feels like,
0: cause it's her fault, you know? Okay. Well, not like, not that yeah. I'm putting blame on her, but, like, blame has to go somewhere. Right. And then technically, it's because she
1: hasn't been captured yet. I, it's who she is, so it's technically her fault in that sense. And I feel like deep down she knows it's partly her, you know, like, yeah. with her, and she hates that for him, and you can just see that in just her body language.
0: Yeah, and hugging yourself like that. I mean, that is a very,
1: like... Drawing up uh, and type. Yeah. Um, I'm
0: trying to think of the right, not self-care, but like self-comfort, maybe. Maybe that's a good word for it. Yeah. I know I hug myself sort of sometimes if I'm uh, feeling a certain way. I'll, you know, mm-hmm. like if I'm having a bad day or something, I'll hug myself a little. Just as sort of like a mannerism,
1: mm-hmm. you know. Like the feudal position, because that's what we're technically comfortable with as humans. Right. Yeah.
0: Next, Kai says, Queen Lavana is angry at my inability to adhere to a treaty between Luna and Earth that states that all lunar fugitives be apprehended and returned to Luna. Queen Lavana made her expectations quite clear in this regard, and I failed to meet them. So it's interesting that he states that all lunar fugitives be apprehended. Because I feel like he's avoiding saying cinder at that point
1: right yeah he's like
0: just i just told her i would get all of the lunars off planet earth well as far as everyone knows there's only one right even though we know there's not (laughs) so but the public like right there's there's this illusion on earth that there are no lunars on earth so everybody thinks it's just cinder right so him saying that is that like him trying to avoid having to actually say the words cinder
1: I know, I agree with you on that one, for sure. I do think that's him trying not to just pinpoint it on just her. Right. I would also like to think, like, did she really give him that long of a chance to try to find, like, how how long has it been since she's, like, you need to find her? Like, a a day or two, max?
0: At most, it's been 72 hours.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, is that really enough time to find, in a whole Earth? Like, let's think about it. It's not like a continent. It had been 48 hours.
0: When uh, Audrey and Pearl went to Kai's office and told that him is. about the chip. That's right. And then right after that, it was 6 p.m. in Paris when the attack started. And because the officers found Cinder and Thorn together, mm-hmm. and now it's 3:30 in the morning. So it's been two
1: and a half days,
0: three yeah. days max.
1: So like realistically, do you think that's enough time, like, for her to be all? pissy at him I feel like she's being a little un- well I mean understandable she's not un- she's not a reasonable person right gosh this poor kid you know like it's.
0: I mean it's a pretty big tantrum it's a pretty yeah. big temper tantrum to attack an entire planet and species right,
1: right. just because uh, yeah that was just an angry thought well, and you
0: know what's interesting to me too now that I'm thinking about it let's look at this from Lavana's eyes Not that I'm agreeing with her, but let's just play devil's advocate. We're a podcast. We can do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To her, Cinder is a wanted fugitive, and there should be a massive manhunt to find her, right? True. Yes. If we had a massive manhunt in the United States right this second, how long would would we want our leaders to take? to find that person if we let's pretend that this person is like hitler jr right and we don't like him and he somehow escaped twice already he needs to be captured
1: how long do we think it should take them to find him especially with all the technology we have True, when you put it that way, it's just because I feel bad for him. So I'm like, how she's being mean. <laughs> she is being mean. I'm totally, I'm totally on Kai's side. She is being horrible. That's
0: why she's the predator. Right. Um, <laughs> and she's not even remotely handling it well. Because to I feel like to her, she was like, Oh, opportunity. She's like, I have been waiting to wage war on this mm-hmm. this insignificant little planet for twelve years. Finally, I have a giant excuse to do yeah, so. Yep, the yeah. best excuse because it yeah. doesn't
1: look well. I mean, it still looks bad on her, but it's it's a at least a viable you know excuse like ah oh, this is why I did this because you did this.
0: Right, you yeah. violated the treaty by allowing a lunar into your society, and then I'm putting everything in quotations and and listeners can't see that, but I'm not agreeing with what I'm saying, <laughs> and then. And then you wouldn't go and apprehend said lunar after I told you to. So now I'm gonna attack your planet. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about it more in the next chapter, but that's she's just that kind of a strategist of a person. She saw an opportunity and she took advantage of it. That's all it was. She's not dumb,
1: that's for sure. <laughs>
0: she is not dumb. She's horrible, manipulative, and downright cruel, but she is not dumb. Yeah. Then a strange sound escapes Thunders throat like a whimper. Uh, oh my god, I just want to
1: give her a hug. You no, know, when I think of whimper, I think of dogs because my dogs whimper and like yes! that breaks my heart every time they do it. So that like broke my heart when she did that. So it depends. <laughs> Scamp has this
0: horrible ham- horrible habit of crying like that high pitched whine dogs do mm-hmm. when he wants something. Mm. so like if there's another dog outside the window that he wants to go play with he'll make that sound oh <laughs> or a turtle we've recently started doing it if we see a turtle walking in the yard <laughs> or a cat or if I'm Skyping, like, my sisters, and he can, because he knows who they are, so he'll see their faces, then he'll whimper. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I've gotten used to, like, his sounds. So if he makes that noise, I'm like, oh, God, what? <laughs> right. Why are you crying like you're in agony when really you're just upset that you're not getting <laughs> something you <bad>. want? <laughs> but when he makes, like, an actual whimper, I go into pure panic mode. Because it just sounds, it's a horrible, horrible sound. It is, yeah. And your instincts cut in. You're like, what happened? What do I do? How do I save you? What? Where, are you hurt? For you. <laughs> Why don't you talk? Learn how to talk. Tell me where it hurts. <laughs> the other day, he let out this horrible noise, and it was his, he was playing, and he got his dewclaw stuck in his collar. Ouch. And he was like, just gimping around with his paw by his neck. And I was like, what are you doing? Oh my God, that's that looks horrible. (laughs) And I was just like, God, I wish you could just talk and tell me what's going on instead of me running around the house. Like, where are you? Why are you screaming?
1: (laughs) 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 Gotta love our fur babies. Yes, we do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then Kai says, because of this, I feel it is my responsibility to end these attacks and prevent a full-scale war so long as it." is within my power to do so. So he's taking full responsibility, saying, it's in my power to end this war, so that's what I'm doing. No. So that is what I've done in the only way I could. I have accepted an alliance of marriage with Queen Levana of Luna, and Cinder
1: screams, No! No! You can really feel that emotion. Shots yeah. being ripped. Like that, ripped. Ugh. In
0: return, Queen Lavana has agreed to withhold further attacks. To withhold. Right. Not to cease and desist. Right. Not to, like, it's a gang fight. And she's like, hold me back, hold me back. (laughs) Like, she's not going to remove the threat entirely. She's just going to withhold further attacks. The wedding has been scheduled for the next full moon. The 25th day of September, to be followed immediately by Queen Lavana's coronation as Empress of the Eastern Commonwealth. The removal of all lunar soldiers from Earth and soil will begin the following day. So they're not even going to leave Earth until
1: after the ceremony. Right. That's just like her flaunting her power, I feel, at that point.
0: But we need to take a moment to talk about September 25th, because
1: what day is it exactly? It's 29.5 days before. Is that what you did? Okay. Yes. I Googled how often um, we get full moons, and the average is like oh. five days. Okay. So I was looking, I was like, okay, because
0: this series goes by so effing fast. hmm It's been like
1: a week and a half since Kai met Cinder at the market. Right. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's hard for me to wrap my mind that it hasn't been time period wise that long since all that happened or since all this has happened
0: right well based
1: off of some of the dates
0: we've gotten in cinder and in this book mm-hmm. i'm guessing that Kai's making this announcement on the second or third day of september okay so i think cinder started august
1: 19th makes sense
0: and I could be wrong. I'm sure if I, I mean, the book is like way over there. So I could grab it, but too far. <laughs> but it's basically been like a week and a half. So it just seems like so so fast. Um, Cinder throws her boot at the TV, at the screen. <laughs> I thought that was fun. <laughs> That's so freaking funny. They called him an idiot. <laughs> I don't know why. But in this scene, Cinder reminds me a lot of. Have you watched Futurama? Oh yes. Okay, she she reminds me a lot of Leela, like throwing her boot at the screen, barking orders at people (laughs) when she, especially when she says, "Do you intend to harm anyone
1: aboard this ship or not?" Mm hmm. Like that directness.
0: (laughs) Yes. So that's just, that's where my brain, for a couple, there was literally moments when I was reading this where I was like,
1: no, she does not have purple hair and one eye. <laughs> one eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically she has one eye, one real eye. <laughs> and one,
0: yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. So see, it's, there's a connection. <laughs> uh, before any of the reporters can ask a question, Kai, pieces is out. <laughs> Gotta so- go. Again. <laughs> My cabinet and I will have further updates in the coming days. I will not be taking any questions tonight. Thank you. And then he just leaves.
1: Yeah. No. So
0: I want to point out that, because I think this is important to note, the soldiers are not leaving until the day after mm. she becomes empress of the Commonwealth. If, if I'm correct, and it's like the second or third day of September, that means that until the twenty fifth, so three weeks, they're still going to be on Earth. Right.
1: Monitoring with so I, holding.
0: Yes, that's what I think it meant by withhold. I think it's like, okay, yeah, ceasefire in quotations. Mm-hmm. But they're not but, actually going anywhere.
1: Right. There's right. butt there.
0: Like, and it's not like they're It's not like they're prisoners of war. It's not like they're in barracks or something. Like, they're staying there, they're stationed, they're ready to attack if need be. Right, yeah,
1: yep. One little pinky gets off the line, then they're ready. They're
0: ready to retaliate.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So Cinder
0: responds, he knows this was her doing, but he's still going to give her everything she wants. She is responsible for the deaths of thousands of earthens, and now she's going to be empress? And how long will she be satisfied with that? A month? A week? I even told him. I told him she planned on using the Commonwealth as a stepping stone to wage war on the rest of the earth, and he is still going to marry her. She's going to have complete control over all of us, and it will be all his fault. <laughs> wow, well, there is a lot going on there. Yeah. While doing this, she's so angry and so frustrated that she stomps Scarlet and Wolf's ID chips into little tiny grains of dust. <laughs> and Scarlett is not having it
1: no Scarlett's no. like oh, she's Crossed like uh it mm-hmm.
0: sounds to me that it will all be your fault oof man ouch yeah and now we
1: get into a bitch fight if there ever <laughs> was one <laughs> right I thought about doing like it's about to be the girl fight song yes like, just... <laughs> <laughs> me
0: in the yard it's going down
1: <laughs> yep <laughs>
0: Scarlet says, you know why she did this. You know why she's after you. And Cinder realizes what that means. Oh, grandma told you. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. What sickens me is that you let this happen in the first place. Ugh. Okay, here's, here's what bothers me. I looked it up. Page 374. Grandma told Scarlet someone has to tell her who she is. Implying that she does not know who she is. Yep. So why does Scarlet think she knows who she is?
1: Yeah, I I feel like she's just angry. Like both of them are just angry. And yeah, when you're angry, you don't logically think about stuff. So she's just saying like, how can you blame him? Because obviously Scarlet, you know, likes. she has no reason not to and she's like how can you blame him when this is all your fault like you're the one to blame like what have you been doing for anything like you've just been here hiding and running away
0: yeah and she's even saying like later on she even goes like well what about before the ball i'm not talking about right now i'm talking about before the ball like you've had plenty of years what have you been doing right so basically that's what that's what cinder says she's like what would you rather i did just hand myself over sacrifice myself i'm not talking about when you were arrested at the ball i meant before that why haven't you done anything to stop her and then she says all this stuff about like why are you running away my grandmother didn't die so you could live as a fugitive too much a coward to do something i love thorn uh i love that he raises a finger in the air (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh excuse me <laughs> yeah. what are we talking about yeah.
1: he's so dramatic and i love him
0: <laughs> and i i love scarlet he doesn't even know does he no no he doesn't he does not know No, nope. i haven't even known for a week i found out who i was the day after the ball when I was sitting in a jail cell, preparing to be handed over to Livana like a trophy. So between breaking out of the prison and running from the entire Commonwealth military and trying to save your life, I haven't had much time to overthrow an entire regime. I'm sorry if I've disappointed you, but what do you want me to do?
1: Clap back. Right? Snaps for sender. The receipts. She's like, I got my receipts right here. <laughs> Hold up. And it, just, there, it goes to show you, like, how small how minute a time frame these these two have these two books have taken place that you sometimes forget you're like oh it's been months and months it's No, not- it's been
0: like hours yeah
1: yeah so it's, it's like, how- like
0: she found out that she was
1: a princess like a day and a half ago Yeah, like she's still processing this like she just found out like not only people hate her for cyborg now she has another reason to hate life because they hate her for being a lunar too that she didn't even know that she was right
0: well in the last 10 days cinder has lost a sister gone to the testing found out she was immune then found out she was lunar and then found out she was wanted by the queen then found out she was the princess like then she found her her like Childhood home in quotations, right. in the in, at the the farm, and now she finds out Kai is getting married, and this redhead she just saved from a wolf and boyfriend is like, hey, how come you aren't doing more? Like, right. I don't
1: blame Cinder for being like, who the f- asked you? Exactly. Like, we can't all be like you, Scarlet, who just jumps into into situations, just goes like, I'm gonna rescue Grandma without a plan. Like, not all <laughs> like that. Like, I feel really- like. They really should have had a plan, though. Um, like, not to harken on this again, but, like, really, like, not everyone is like you, Scarlett. People just don't think, like, well, here's a problem. Let me solve it. Do you have right. a plan now? Right. Exactly.
0: So, Scarlet says, well, how come you didn't know? And Cinder says, because no one told me.
1: A.K.A. your
0: grandmama didn't Right. Help. Mm-hmm. And she says, isn't that why you were at the ball? stars know. You think I would have been stupid enough to face Levana if I'd known the truth? Well, I don't know. For Kai, maybe, but I don't know. I didn't know.
1: I like how she has to point out, yeah, maybe for Kai I would have.
0: Right. She would do anything for Kai. wouldn't? As Iko says, wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all?
1: <laughs> I would take a bullet for that man.
0: Right? So Thorne again says he's confused, and Cinder says I'm Princess Celine, and Thorne busts out laughing.
1: (laughs) Best reaction. Can you imagine? He goes, Wait, really?
0: (laughs) I love it. The joking smile froze on his lips. Uh, He's like, (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) A heavy silence was followed by a vibration beneath their feet and Ico's voice. I don't compute. That'd no, because make- Iko doesn't know either. I know. Cinder apologizes for keeping it a secret. She wanted to talk to Michelle and get some answers, but unfortunately it didn't happen that way. And she really apologizes to Iko. She's like, I'm really sorry. I swear I didn't know before. Because is the one she's really betrayed on a friendship level. Right, right. Because they told her. Right. Thorn she betrayed because like he doesn't really know. They're not really friends yet. They're more comrades at this point. Mm-hmm. But I would say Thorn she betrayed because he doesn't know just how much danger he's in by being with her. Exactly. Go, it's the confidence. She did not confide in her closest companion this big huge secret. Exactly. Yep. Right. Thorn goes uh <laughs> Door Princess Celine. The craziest cyborg girl is Princess <laughs> Celine. <laughs> I like how he's just, like, trying to wrap his brain around it, but he's not at all upset in any way. No. Not, like, he didn't tell me. He's just like, you're a princess? Uh, he takes it you're with stride. <laughs> like, he's just trying to absorb it all. Yeah. But Wolf is paying attention. Wolf has been quiet this whole time, but apparently he's also been thinking because he says... Is your gift intact? Million dollar question. It is a million dollar question. And it is, kind of. She's still trying to figure it out. And Scarlet says, she controlled one of the special operatives. I saw her do it. Mm-hmm. And Wolf goes, wait, you were able to manipulate one of the pack while Jael was there? Well, yeah, but it was awful. I could only get one of them and I nearly passed out. This is why Lavana wants you. You are stronger than she is. Or you could be with practice. Okay. So, turns out it's really hard to control someone like Wolf, especially if their Thaumaturge is just standing right there trying to control them at the same time. Right. Which I'm assuming is why Jael was so impressed, even though it lasted like 45 seconds. But mm-hmm. she did get the operative to put Thorn and Wolf on the ship for her, which was very handy because there's no way in hell she would have been able to do that or on her own.
1: Right, it's cool how she did that because it's like we're in the dark as much as Cinder was at that point. Uh-huh. Like we didn't think—I mean, at least I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like she could control one person, but like we've known that Lavana can control like mounds of people, right. so it's really not that impressive. Just like Cinder is like, it's really not that big of a deal, dude. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, whoa, well, hold up, let me explain in some stuff to you here.
0: Yeah, and he—he he does explain a lot. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Do you want to read? Oh, no, no, because I don't want to fuck my words. You go for it, girl. (laughs) okay? (laughs) Wolf says, no, you don't understand. Each pack is ruled by a Thaumaturge who controls when our animal instincts take over, when all we can think about is killing. So that is why when Wolf was over Scarlet and was about to bite her neck, he said, he's in my head. And Uh Scarlet was like, just stay with me. You said you'd protect me. Just do that. Just protect me. She was trying to help him fight Jael's
1: control. Control, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I I think it's important to note that because, like, I remember the first time reading that, I was like, why is he in his head? Like, I don't understand. Right. And I think this helps, even though that's not necessarily what they're talking about in this paragraph, it does help to explain a little bit what he meant by that.
1: Right. It's more of a, oh, moment for you. Like, yes. Okay, so it's not like he wanted to do it, he was coerced or forced to. Forced
0: into doing it Mm -hmm. with that lunar Mm -hmm. specialty that they have. Mm -hmm. They manipulated our lunar gift and used it to turn us into these monsters instead, with some physical modifications. But it's all connected to our masters. So again, we have them saying they've been turned into
1: monsters. I hate that he calls himself that too. Like yeah. He, I feel like he sees himself as someone who's unredeemable and who is a monster. And that's why he like has this issue with Scarlet always standing up for him and saying he's a good guy when he himself doesn't seem like he doesn't believe that.
0: And I, I think what breaks my heart is that he calls himself a monster. Mm-hmm. When he's proven to us as the reader and to Scarlet... Exactly. That he's, he's capable of overcoming those qualities that they put into him those modifications that they made and that he's capable of overpowering even the control of what to do with those like he even when there wasn't a Jael there when he was having that fight with uh Hunter at the very beginning of the book when he first met Cinder or Scarlet Mm -hmm. when he first met Scarlet he was fighting Hunter and it looked like he was about to kill him Like, just snap his neck in the middle of the ring. And he caught eyes with Scarlet and stopped and walked away. And I think that once we find out that he's under this kind of influence and this kind of modification, where the instincts to kill just take over, I feel like that shows you how much control he really does have over himself and his abilities. And I don't like that he sees himself as a monster because he might be capable of doing things doing like monstrous things but I think he himself at his core like who he is I don't think he is a monster
1: yeah that's why that like it pains me to read that when he says that about himself I'm like no you're not like you've shown that to us readers we don't think you are (laughs) no and Scarlet doesn't think so either yeah yeah that's why she um, you know
0: I missed it at some point I was gonna say Thorne is still holding a gun at him but at some point during all of this, Scarlet was like, Would you stop holding that gun at him? That's right. So he's I'm not gonna do it. Thorn was the only one that was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna trust you. <laughs> Thorne was like, I know I can't fight you, so I have weapons. <laughs> then he says, Most leaners couldn't control us at all. We might as well be shells to them. And even our masters, who could control hundreds of average citizens at once, can only keep hold of a dozen or so operatives. That's why our packs are kept so small. Even the most talented thaumaturges can only control a dozen operatives, 15 at the most. And this after years of genetic modifications and training. And yet you managed to take one away from his master on your first attempt? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty like, badass, Cinder.
1: Right? It spells it out for us like, dang, yep. badass.
0: I would not have thought it before, but now I think Her Majesty might actually have cause to be afraid of you, princess. (laughs) Don't call me (laughs) princess. Which I get. She doesn't feel like Princess Chalene. She feels like Cinder. I get her being like, don't call me that. That's not who I am. I don't want that title and that responsibility. I'm still learning how to be a lunar cyborg fugitive.
1: Right. I was going to say, like, it's probably weird for her to hear that because her whole life, like, she's pretty much thought that she's nothing. Like, her mom, and I say that lightly, her stepmom, <laughs> you know, made her think that she's a nothing. So to go from, like, you know, this person that she doesn't even think you're less than human, pretty much, to being called a princess, which most people, like, to a high esteem, must be weird to her to hear that.
0: I also think part of it is, like, You don't really necessarily have an identity with a title that you have. Like, I think it probably took me an entire year to get used to the word wife. Mm. Obviously, that's very different than princess who has to overthrow a lunar queen. (laughs) But it's a title that I now hold. After getting married, my title is now wife, not girlfriend, wife. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time. And I remember the first time Quentin introduced me as, This is my wife. And I remember having a moment in my brain of, like, right, wife. Because for so long it was, this is my girlfriend. And then for a little while it was fiance, which still didn't feel so, like, permanent or something. I don't know. But I remember being like, oh, I'm someone's wife. And now it's just a title that I wear. I'm used to it now. But it takes a while to get used to even just something that you want to have. Like, I wanted the title of wife. She didn't ask to be a princess. Yeah. Wolf says, I am assuming, of course, you do mean to fight against her, judging from your response to your emperor's announcement. So maybe the my and your is to specify what community you belong to. Because he doesn't say judging by the emperor's announcement. Yeah. He says by your emperor's announcement. So maybe when he's saying my queen, he doesn't want it to be confused with like Queen Camilla of the UK. Right. He's saying my queen, the queen of my country. Yeah. And instead of saying the emperor, he's saying your emperor, the emperor of your country. So maybe it's just a, a way to remind you what country they belong
1: to, right? Because it's sometimes it's hard. It's I have to remind myself like he's not an Earthling, like they are. Like he mm-hmm. comes from Luna. So,
0: and it's difficult because it's kind of hard I think for all of us to think of like so somebody's from Luna. Because to or us th- that's not a place. That's not a thing. Right. You can't imagine like, oh, that person is from Luna. So it's it's different for us, I think. I yeah. So Cinder says, Well, I don't know. And Scarlet says, Plenty of people think you can stop her. My grandmother died so you could have this chance. I'm not going to let her sacrifice be wasted. What frustrates me is like nobody's asking Cinder. <laughs> right? Scarlet is like, um, my grandma died so you could be princess, so you better be a princess. Yeah, Yeah. but Grandma didn't ask Cinder if she wanted to be a princess, and Grandma certainly wasn't like, okay, let's spend our life preparing you to be a princess. Grandma hid her in a creepy basement under the hangar and then sent her to the Eastern Commonwealth and never talked about her again. Yeah. So... So I get that her... I'm not trying to allude to her sacrifice. I'm not trying to, like, dismiss it. Yes. But... I'm, I'm sad that her grandmother died. Yes, I understand her grandmother made a sacrifice, but her grandmother made that
1: sacrifice. Yep, bingo. She
0: was the one who made that decision. She didn't take it upon herself to be like, okay, I'm going to make sure that this girl is prepared to be a princess. I'm going to make sure I keep tabs on her. I'm going to make sure that that you know she's well taken care of and that she's ready to do this job that everybody expects her to do. She was just like, well, I'll die so that so that no one will find her. Mm-hmm. And now Scarlet has taken it upon herself to be like, well, my grandma died so you could be a princess, so you better be a damn princess.
1: Right, like, do something about it. It's like, right. being a little selfish here, like, did you ever take Cinder's emotions into consideration? Her, you know, thought process for all of this? Like, she just found out, too. It's kind of a huge blow. Like, oh, by the way, you're the princess.
0: Well, not just. By the way, you're the princess. By the way, you're the princess. We need you to overthrow a tyrant. Yeah. It's a, it's a a, lot of a dictator tyrant who's currently waging a war against an entire planet. We need you to
1: overthrow her. Right. How the hell is she supposed to do that? Right. And then we also forget sometimes she's not an adult. You know she's how sixteen. Old this- 16. You know she's younger than Scarlett. I mean, when you're 16, like, what are you worried about? Like, not this. Like, when I was 16, I had an apartment, so I'm a little different.
0: But like, the average 16 year old in America, obviously, there's exceptions. Mm -hmm. The average 16 year old, what are they worried? A math test, trying to save up money for a car, a date for the dance maybe girls picking on them in school or boys picking on them at football practice or something. But like, they're not worried about overthrowing a dictator tyrant on genocide against shells and attacking an entire planet. Right. Exactly. Like she's literally committing genocide and attacking an entire planet simultaneously. And we're just like, Hey, 16 year old cyborg girl. Uh, chop chop can <laughs> you go um beat her up thanks
1: yeah
0: no right. no I don't want to yeah I don't blame I, if I were sitting her, I'd be like no nobody asked me and I don't want to do it
1: right exactly and that's
0: pretty much that's kind of what she says so Wolf says he'll help her he says you could practice your abilities on me besides if you are who you claim to be that makes you my true queen therefore you have my loyalty well I don't want your loyalty <laughs>
1: I love that. Um, He's, I feel like that's so telling of how he is and who he is as a person, because it's, I'm sure that's not a pleasant experience, you know, like he's obviously been through that first time, and we get to find out how that is when someone messes with your mind and someone tries controlling him so you know that going into this when he says that like that's not a pleasant experience for him and for him to offer that to her to be like hey like I'm on your side I'm gonna help you I want to help you you can practice on me I feel like that says a lot about him and how much he is not the monster that he thinks he is
0: absolutely and I think it says a lot about I think it says a lot about what he actually cares about
1: Mm-hmm.
0: because imagine ran in this same situation oh. ran would not be so quick to be like oh i'm gonna help this girl overthrow the queen i'm gonna give her my loyalty mm-hmm. he would be like oh this is how i can prove myself worthy i can kill her and take her dead body to my queen
1: exactly
0: so i think it shows where wolf's priorities are wolf has aligned himself with scarlet and therefore, what Scarlet wants is what Wolf wants. And so now Wolf is like, okay, well, you're my queen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But Cinder doesn't want to be anybody's queen. She doesn't really know what she wants. I want some time to think about this and figure out what to do next without everyone yapping in my ear. And then she storms <laughs> off. I, I, love want love I, <laughs> I love Thorn. I know. I love Thorn. I know, I know. She seems a little, But it's really part of her charm once you get to know her.
1: (laughs) I just love Thorne. He's so funny. He's, like, trying to diffuse the situation, I feel like. He's the comedic relief relief for them. It's like, ew.
0: He's so great. I love it. And he's so great at this situation, too, because, like, he's just been sitting there the whole time barely said a word other than this girl is the princess. Right. And, <laughs> and then that. <laughs> and then as soon as like and he didn't say anything about like, I can't believe you didn't tell me or like aren't you gonna overthrow the queen? Like he didn't put any of those expectations on Cinder yep. whatsoever.
1: Yep.
0: So that's that's the end of chapter forty six. A lot. A lot going on in that chapter. A lot going on in that chapter. So what was your song choice?
1: Mine was Weight of the World by Evanescence. And I feel like it has a dual purpose here. One for Cinder, because she literally, I feel like, feels that. Being the princess, having Scarlet be like, "Hey, well, okay, well, let's do some stuff. What are you going to do? We need to overthrow this lady. Like, come on. So she's feeling that pressure. And also for Kai, you know, like he feel, t- is taking it. He literally says, I'm taking this upon myself. What I can do, this is the only thing I can do to help my people is marry myself off to this bitch, you know? So I felt like that was very telling for both of them.
0: I agree. So I have two song choices. (laughs) Okay. One is called Break Out This Box by the Cheetah Girls. Don't nobody listen and judge me for choosing the (laughs) Cheetah Girls first off. (laughs) I love this song. Some of the lyrics in the song that really speak out are, I won't let no one tell me who I should be because at night I answer to only me. Cinder, yes, all these people can be like, you need to be the princess, you need to be the one overthrowing Lavana, you need to do this, you need to do that. But at the end of the day, Cinder is the only one who can actually do anything. And the only person Cinder has to answer to is herself. Yeah. All these people telling her what to do don't have any actual responsibilities of their own. They don't have any actual they don't have like a real loss or or sacrifice if something goes wrong, it, does, it doesn't change anything for them. Whereas right. this is literally changing her whole life. And there are thousands, possibly millions of people's lives at risk if she fails. Yep. The song is literally about like trying to live your dreams and not be in the confinement of whatever label people put on you and breaking out of the box that people put you in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is called Suddenly by Ashley Tisdale. Mostly because there's a part in the song where it says, suddenly people know my name, suddenly everything has changed. In the blink of an eye, it's happening now. So Cinder was, like we talked about quite a few times, Cinder was just a cyborg with a two small foot trying to secretly save up money so she could run away to Europe. And now all of a sudden, suddenly, she's (laughs) a princess She's a fugitive, she's a lunar, and like you said, she has the weight of the world on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. Can you believe we're only two books into this series? <laughs> <laughs> we have so long to go, you guys. <laughs>
1: um. So what was your chapter quote? Um. Mine was um wolf's on page 432 and he said i would not have thought it before but now i think her majesty might actually have cause to be afraid of you princess and i just feel like that's like the turning point like rebellion like the 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 rumblings of a rebellion and i just really enjoy that plus i like the princess part that he had he added in there i love it it's the first time someone actually
0: calls her princess did you notice that
1: yeah, and then she yeah. flinches,
0: like, right away from that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, So mine was page 433. Also, Wolf, if you are who you claim to be, that makes you my true queen. Therefore, you have my loyalty. I just love that Wolf is so quick to be like, okay, not only is this girl my queen, she needs my help. And I'm going to give it to her, and I'll give her my loyalty, too. Because it's not just about him being, like, you have my loyalty. He's like, I'll help you. You can practice on me. Practice right. your gift on me and get better at using it. And and that's the first step. He's actually providing somewhat of a step in how he how we can defeat Lavana. Because yeah. he's being like, well, we can't do much, but we need you to get better at using your gift. So this is my contribution. Uh, you have my loyalty. And also
1: you can practice on me. Yep. And I just, I appreciate that from Wolf. It's very nice of him. Right. And that's like, he's, Thinking, like, hey, we can do this. Like, I have faith in you. Yeah. I have faith in you, and therefore I'm putting my loyalty in you as
0: well. So now we have perhaps one of the shortest chapters. (laughs) Yeah. After all that, it's like, nice little break. (laughs) Yeah. After all that, we get chapter 47, which is the very first chapter in Lavana's perspective. I didn't think we would
1: get one when I was, like, the first book, you don't get anything, you know? Yeah.
0: I, I think the first time I read this, I was like, wait, who? Yeah, I, I think I did. Oh, I, I think it took me a little while to realize it, who yeah, it
1: was. Same. I was like, wait a second, wait a second, who is it? I was like, oh, what? Shock.
0: So as it starts out, she'd had the bridge built for herself out of very special glass so that she could watch her soldiers from above, watch them train, watch them fight, watch them adapt to their new mutations all without being observed herself. She was intrigued now by a new pack who had just completed the genetic transformation a few days ago. They were still so young, mere boys, not one older than 12 years. lot of indication there who the narrator is in this in this chapter but we do find out it's it's levana but it's so interesting now we're on
1: luna for the first time right and that little tibet that small tibet you just to me it shows how sadistic she is that is
0: self she's so self-centered she had an entire bridge built out of special glass just so she could watch her minions. Right, exactly.
1: Like the sadistic. Like she's like, but I don't want to be watched. Nobody can no. watch me. But I can watch you guys suffer through everything that you have to do. And it's just like you said, a minion to her. Like yeah. a pawn. She wants to That's see That's all them. they are.
0: They are pawns to her. How can she yep. use them to get what she wants? Yeah. Which is, is evident even just throughout this whole chapter. Um so the, it's a new pack. They're less than twelve years old.
1: It's disgusting. Like, ugh. Just like, have you, at twelve, you're in sixth grade. Yeah, like they're kids, and she she gets pleasure off of watching this. Yeah, she does. She gets. She finds it
0: entertaining. Yeah. Like. She thinks they're almost precious. The way some of them check their fur, and some of them are already fighting, like the animals they are.
1: Oh, um, don't call. Don't make them animals. Yeah i made a was like you can feel the nastiness rolling off of her here like how she describes that her fascination with them is just beyond creepy in the sense that like that evilness is just like lofting off of her like oh the
0: lack of humanity and empathy is very evident Mm -hmm. especially with the thaumatur so she's fascinated by this like baby thaumaturge yeah. who's trying to force control she says some force control some seduce it and one cub is like fighting back with golden eyes they're always talking
1: about the eyes
0: uh, with, with golden eyes and she says he's gonna be an alpha yeah. i just know it yeah like she's so self
1: like so confident she's like i know everything yeah. like yeah civil busting Your Majesty.
0: (laughs) Her head thaumaturge's heels clicked on the glass floor. She detected the ruffle of fabric as Sybil bowed. She won't even look at Sybil.
1: She's not even like, hey girl, what's up? Uh, I hate, like, at work when I'm talking to someone, I hate when people are still, like, typing or doing something, so I'll wait, because it's, like, it's a respect thing, you know? Like, when someone's talking to you, you, you're supposed to look at them.
0: See, now I'm both, because... I used to work in data entry. So, Mm -hmm. like, if someone came to my desk and I was in the middle of a thought, I would be like, oh, give me one second. Oh, yeah, no. And then I would be like, hey, what's up? Because I would hate, like, when I went to someone's desk and I was like, excuse me, and then it's like crickets. Yeah. And then I would turn around to, like, walk away because obviously they're too busy and they're like, wait, one second. Yeah. I've been standing here, like, for 30 seconds looking stupid. Right. I could have... Like, why didn't you say one second when I said, excuse me?
1: Right. That's see, that's my thing. Like, I'll wait. Like, I see they're busy. I'll wait until they're done. But I hate when they just continue on. They're like, okay, yeah, you can say it. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I'll wait. Just tell me you're busy and I'll wait. Or tell me right. like in five minutes, I'll come back. But like, don't disrespect me in the sense that you think you can type and then I'm still talking to you because that's not active listening. Uh, active. Right. Disney, you know no,
0: you're not engaged in the conversation exactly yes and it's kind of the same but a little different but like that's why I, i've talked before about how frustrated i am with cell phones mm. because i hate when i'm talking to someone and they're on their phone because i'm talking to them and they'll be swiping mm-hmm. first of all if you're swiping you're not doing anything important you're mm-hmm. on instagram you're on nine gag you're on facebook you're on Pinterest. Whatever it is that you're on, you don't need to do that right now. No. But what bothers me is when I'm talking to someone and they're swiping and they stop and they look at me and they go, what'd you say? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm on Facebook. Why are you at my house? Yeah. Why would you come? Why would you get in your car? Why would you get dressed? Which if you're a girl means put on your bra, all right? right. Get in your car, drive all the way to my house just to get on your phone and scroll through Facebook. You could have stayed home and I could have stayed in my pajamas.
1: Yeah, like you
0: could yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's the same thing. It's it's disregarding the importance of that person. Yep. Even her most trusted puppet is still just a puppet.
1: Right. But right.
0: yeah. So Lavano watches the young cub as he tries to fight the inexperienced Thama and she's basically curious. Down in the cave, the cub was prowling a circle around his mistress, a young blonde-haired girl who looked ghastly pale in her black coat. Blonde-haired girl. So do we think that the thaumaturges are also only 12 years old?
1: They probably are if she's calling them a girl. I'm assuming they're younger as well, Because especially since Wolf said that it takes years of training, so maybe they just kind of train up with them as well? I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same
0: thing. Yeah. Her expression held a trace of anxiety, a tinge of doubt that she would have the mental strength to control this one. All special operatives have been temporarily relieved from their missions and returned to concealment status. Okay, so now we know where they went. They're in concealment status. So like what Wolf and them were, I guess, just hiding in plain sight. Right. We, We estimate 260 operative deaths. So, out of the ten thousand men that attacked, two hundred and sixty-eight of them died. And she doesn't Um, matter. Getting my calculator out, I'm like, what percentage is that? (laughs) So she lost point zero
1: two percent of her men. Which is nothing, but if you still think about it, those are still people, and she doesn't seem to even like bat an eye about it. Like she doesn't even care. She's like, it's just a number. Like you said, it's she doesn't
0: even think of that yeah. her immediate reaction is the Earthans will notice the tattoos soon if they haven't already be sure they take care to mask them well she's like, not even like not even to the point of like a, a dictator where she's like oh pity i lost a couple more soldiers she's right. just like
1: yeah.
0: yeah whatever also make sure they don't get caught yeah. make sure everyone who's still there doesn't get caught but this catches her attention I'm afraid I also have one thaumaturge death to report. LaVonna looked up, for a moment expecting to catch Sybil's reflection in the glass. But there was none. Not in this window. So, that gets her attention. Mm -hmm. A thaumaturge died. Well, how the f*** did that happen? Yeah, she's like, wait a second. Well, before we can talk about that, she made sure that you couldn't see the reflection in any of these windows. Why? Right. We know that they're afraid of their reflection, that it's, like, some weird superstition, but this seems, like, overkill. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to be superstitious about mirrors, it's another to make sure there are no reflective surfaces in the world.
1: Right. When I read that, it almost sounded like she's scared, of, you know, be, and it's weird that she's not, the, the line that says so she's, like, she's not used to it. It's like, well, obviously, as soon as she got into power, she dictated no reflection. So it's been a few years. Twelve. Right. She's been in power for twelve years. So, so quite a while for her to get used to the fact. And yet, it's like she's looking over her shoulder type thing. Like, like always worried that someone will
0: yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: a good point. So I'm yeah. like, hmm, foreshadowing.
0: <laughs> I don't. I mean, there's so much foreshadowing in his books. So it's hard to even keep track of. Yeah. So Sybil says Jael was shot in the chest. It isn't like him to abandon his sanctuary even in battle. So Jael does not fight. He stays safe in his opera house and makes his minions do his work. I wonder where he learned that from.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Well, he was trying to apprehend Cinder. And uh, at this, the cub, while this conversation is happening, Levana sees that the little cub has now attacked his mistress. Even from her overlook, Lavana could see beads of sweat forming on the girl's brow, sliding across her temple. The cub opened his mouth, teeth glinting, then hesitated. Lavana couldn't tell what was fighting his animal instinct. Phthometers grasping for control, or the remnants of a lunar boy still clinging to the thoughts in his head. Because remember, he is a child. Mm-hmm. He is a lunar
1: child that she and her. Science a mad scientist, maybe? I mean, to do this I feel like you would have to be mad, but
0: biologists? I don't know. Bad guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: bad guys. Bad 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 people. I don't wanna like gender neutrify things. <laughs> These bad mad scientists that she's hired to develop modifications on human beings or lunar beings or whatever. Yeah on kids it's still it's still a 12 year old boy yeah. and he's still fighting the urge to be a 12 year old boy and not to be a
1: monster that rips people's necks out uh, it's just sour taste the mouth how she and it's her people that she's doing this to, and she's completely yeah. okay with it like not just okay this is entertaining for her yeah she's
0: intrigued yeah. by what she's watching right so giles pack disbanded and one beta was found, and she's gonna send Amory to retrieve them. The cub curls into a ball, the thama gets up, she brushes off the regolith dust. Lavana hates the dust, it's all over her planet, it's everywhere, and she prefers to stay in the dome that protects her capital and her palace from all this dust. I'm curious to know why she hates it
1: so much. Like, just because it's dirty, I'm guessing? Yeah. Like she likes the clean image of like of the perfect place, and obviously it's not
0: if nothing else, the fact that these people have the ability to constantly change what they look like would to me imply, even if they don't have like a natural shallow tendency, their society has given them a shallow tendency because they have the ability to make themselves appear whatever they they want. And so I would assume purity
1: is is somewhere on that level right right that could dictate like if you get that uh dust on you it, it shows that you're you know less than someone who doesn't yeah
0: exactly so Lavana says don't send amory let the pack go they've served their purpose we're done with them now and the cub is still trying not to be a monster, but he join he rejoins his pack like a scolded dog. Which I'm pretty sure they said the same thing about Wolf at some point in this book, that he was like a scolded dog. But I couldn't for the life of me find the page. So oh. if anybody wants to at me what page it was, thank you. <laughs> I for the life of me could not find it. Um The Lunar Sold the new Lunar Soldiers are nearly ready, though, because these are just the, the ones on Earth are nothing compared to what she has up her sleeve. Yeah. These soldiers are nearly ready. Their genetic modifications are complete. Their thaumaturges are prepared. The next time we strike Earth, these men... Five seconds ago, they were 12-year-olds boys, but whatever. I- these men will be leading the attack, and there will be no disguising
1: them. So can they not be disguised? I... I feel like when she said that, it's more saying, like, I don't want to disguise them. Like, I want these people to know that I'm attacking them. Mm-hmm. Like, know? I want
0: them to know what I'm capable of. Exactly. Instead yeah. of don't, like, don't with Luna.
1: Right, except instead of, like, the way she's going about it now, where no one was privy to thinking there would there was a hidden army there attacking yeah. them and she's like, No, I want them to see us marching in to be like, We got you now.
0: Right. We're not gonna we're not hiding in the shadows anymore. Exactly. We're walking out with our head high and we're letting you know who you're dealing with. Yep. Yeah. So then Sybil says, Yes, your majesty. And may I also wish you my warmest congratulations on your engagement, my queen Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Lavana's <laughs> left hand curled her thumb running over the polished stone band on her finger she always hid it with her glamour she wasn't sure that anyone alive knew she still wore it she herself so often forgot that it was there. that it was there but her finger was tingling tonight since emperor kaito's acceptance of a marriage alliance
1: i feel like that's a lot like there's a lot going on in that one little paragraph that little thing right there like Is it? Uh, So
0: she's wearing a wedding ring, which means that
1: she used to be married. Okay, exactly.
0: She hides it with her
1: glamour at all times. Why? That's my question. Why? Who who is she married to? Why is she hiding it? Is she still married to that person? Is that person... Well, we know that
0: she has a stepdaughter. Yes. But we don't really know anything about her. She got one vague mention... Yeah. In Cinder, when Kai was like, Isn't there anyone else from Luna I could possibly marry? Mm-hmm. And they said, Well, no, because it's a stepdaughter and they have superstitions about the bloodline. Right. So I want to know what happened to the person who gave her this ring. <laughs> why does she hide it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And why does she forget that it's there? Is she so used to hiding it that she doesn't even notice she's hiding it anymore? Exactly. Like is is it, it, how easy is it to use this gift that you get? You don't even realize you're
1: hiding a specific item. Right. Ugh, so much. So many questions. I even put questions. <laughs> <laughs> and like, does it symbolize something else too that we're not aware of? Like, it's
0: interesting that they even have wedding rings. It's it's interesting that Luna has done so much to separate themselves from these tiny earthens that they think so little of. And yet they still wear wedding rings, which is tradition, which is an earthen tradition and earthen custom. Yeah. It's interesting. They don't have their own weird,
1: well, not weird, but like their own unique. Right. Like something that would be more lunar versus an earthen tradition.
0: Right. Some other kind of symbol, some other kind of, um, uh, cultural habit that they have um yeah i just think it's interesting that she would still have a wedding ring yeah that
1: tradition somehow is still alive on on luna
0: right Um,
1: that definitely like like you said that that little paragraph is very telling raises more questions than than we have answers to yet and it's like like four sentences right and it's something i want to like Put away to make a note of to be like aha. Yeah. did this Just get- leave a little
0: a little flag yeah. in
1: your book, a little tabby tab. <laughs>
0: yeah, because also it it shows you the brilliance of Marissa Meyer that she can give
1: us like 50 words and leave us with hundreds of questions. Exactly. Um, it's kind of like you said, it's it's in this chapter that you don't think a lot's going on, but it's this little little tidbit of information that should stay. For you to be like, okay, wait a second, what's going on?
0: It also, it kind of humanizes her in a very small way. Mm -hmm. Because wearing a wedding band is a form of affection, a sign of affection. And up until this point, and even at this point, we're not given any indication that Lavana is capable of affection. Right. In any way.
1: No, no. If anything, it's quite the opposite.
0: Exactly. So then it makes me want to know... Who gave her this ring that she still feels some kind of affection for?
1: Right. Yep.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. So I just want to know more about it. Larissa, uh,
1: how you get us?
0: <laughs> she dismisses Sybil. She says, mm, bye bye. Yeah. The factions are headed out. They're down the tubes of the moon. Interesting form of travel. <laughs> yep. Below, the factions were beginning to disband. They're training over for the day. The thaumaturges led them. Off through separate caves into the natural labyrinth beneath Luna's surface. I need to know what this labyrinth looks like. I need one of Cinder's blueprints. Right, to see. There's not enough information. It's through separate caves, natural labyrinth beneath Luna. What labyrinth?
1: <laughs> what caves? Normally she's very descriptive, but I feel like she's doing that on purpose.
0: Right? Because in my uh-huh. head, when I think of the moon, it's a giant rock in the sky with craters. I don't know a lot about it. I've seen pictures. None of them have caves and labyrinths underneath the surface, because I don't know what what's under the
1: surface. I haven't been
0: up there, so I,
1: I did Nobody shared that information with me. Like I didn't even. Was that possible to make labyrinths? Um, you know, like it's. I well, mean, also
0: I say it says natural labyrinth. So is that is there a natural labyrinth under the moon's surface that I don't know? Natural. <laughs> labyrinth under moon's surface
1: and how are they breathing under these natural like does like
0: Oh, okay there's totally
1: okay is there is that a thing
0: yeah we're just very uneducated um <laughs> seriously we I enough attention awesome. in uh like, we well... didn't pay enough attention in Science class, I guess that there, there is like a series of tunnels created by raglith dust
1: under the moon's surface. I'm How mo-
0: on earth would I know that?
1: Mind blown. I thought that, like, I didn't realize that was natural. Now, can
0: you use them to create caves that thaumaturges and cubs use? I don't know, but yeah. yeah, that's what the imagination is for.
1: And of um, course, I- it's like how are they breathing it's like well they're in the moon uh the moon like how are they really breathing and like come on barb what a stupid thing to think
0: (laughs) oh but it's not a stupid question because they need oxygen so yeah uh Uh, yeah lots of questions um feel free to at me listeners explain it it Barb is. and I are confused. So, <laughs> like,
1: naturals is that not a thing? That she made that up. We're going
0: down a, we're, I, I know I'm probably going to be like on my phone on a rabbit hole of like tunnels under moon. So <laughs> all the things you find. I'll I'll do the same. <laughs> yeah. It was peculiar to watch these men and boys, these creatures that had been only an experiment in her parents' time, that had become a reality under her rule. So this genetic modification is something that Luna has been working on for
1: decades. Mm-hmm. But it looks, I'm curious to know, though, if her parents would have used it how she's using it. Like, would they have made these kids into these monsters as she calls them or if she's that sinister because she she says a little bit later that under her role this is what she's created like and that kind of sounded to me like her parents would not have thought of doing it or like using the, these modifications the way she did
0: I wonder if perhaps her parents were like a basic her parents were like I wonder if we could modify lunars using genetic cells from other creatures. And then Levana was like, I'm going to do it with wolves. I'm going to, cause, cause Levana not a scientist. She's Mm -hmm. an infiltrator. So Levana is, if anything, Levana is like, here's my idea. I have unlimited power and money. So let's see what happens if I give all of my money and power to this idea. Yeah. And It's interesting what she's able to create with that. The intelligence of men, the instincts of wolves, the pliability of children. That sounds like a perfect puppet to me. Yeah.
1: Like I said, she's a very smart lady. And I'm curious, like, her parents maybe didn't think about, like, using those three things to make this massive army that's pliable, that has killer instincts, and that are smart. Like, that's an ideal candidate. The
0: pliable is what's important because if something has killer instincts as an and is extremely intelligent, it's hard They're to going to it's very hard to control them and they're going to question why someone is controlling them. You need that pliability. You need there to be that loyalty that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. They know what they're supposed to be doing. And you need that because otherwise they're going to overthink it like Wolf does.
1: Where right. their instincts are going to take complete control. Yep. And they're going to turn against her. Yeah. Because it's like, well, if I'm better machine, these fighting machines, then why wouldn't we be able to just overthrow you and take back, you know, our, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, you know, we're not. Humanity? You anymore. Yeah. like Yeah.
0: So then she says, they made her nervous, a feeling she hadn't experienced for so many years. So many lunars with such peculiar brainwaves that even she could not control them all—not all at once. These beasts, these scientific creations, would never love her. So they make her nervous because they—she can't make them love her.
1: Oh, okay. So I was thinking like control them all at once. The
0: word "love" really sticks out to me because yeah. after that it says, "Not like the people of Luna loved her." Not like the people of Earth would soon come to. It reminds me of that first interaction she had with Kai. Where she got off the ship and we were in Kai's perspective. So we saw that he thought she was beautiful. He worshipped her. He loved her. There was nothing. He had nothing but adoration for her. And it was because she put those emotions into him. She made him feel that way about her.
1: Right. So does she do that? With all of her... See, that's what I'm saying. She said, not like how Luna loves me, but do they really love you? It's more of a control thing. Like, she puts those thoughts in them, and that's why they're giving her that love back? It seems like that's enough for her. Hmm. Because it even
0: says, not like the people of Earth would soon come to. She knows that Earthans don't love her, but when she gets down there... Once she does to them what she's done to the people of Luna, they will love her, and that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the that's the end of our chapter.
1: Yup.
0: So that was a really short chapter. Very disturbing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm also curious about like the the nervous part that she feels, like, like you said, like she knows she can't, like they won't ever love her. I'm curious to know is that a foreshadowing thing, like? Why is she so nervous about it? Because obviously she hasn't been nervous about it for a long time. I that really that part stood out to me.
0: It also seems like because it says so many lunars with such peculiar brain waves that even she could not control them all at once. So how is it that she gets all of them to love her anyways? Are they all? They must be separated. Yeah. Because it's saying not all at once. So she must be able to interact with them in small groups and and be able to, I don't know. Th- it's so hard to understand some of the things about this gift because it's so much, there's so much manipulation involved that we don't really understand.
1: Yeah, that's, once again, why I like, like she's, I feel like Marissa's throwing me nuggets and I <laughs> want more. <laughs> you know, like, I want to know more how, how this works and how... She thinks they love her and all this stuff. I want more, so it's like I need to read more and more (laughs) and more. That's
0: how she gets you. It is. Um, (laughs) So what was your chapter title?
1: Chapter title was Killer Queen by Queen. I love it. I thought it was very fitting. I tried that, like, popped in my mind, and I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe there's something better, but I just kept going back to it. I was like, there's nothing else. Like, this fits her to a T.
0: So mine was Good As Hell by Lizzo, which is my song. husband's favorite song by her. <laughs> well, you he might like Truth Hurts more. Anyways, I think <laughs> Luvonis, other than being a little bit nervous, she's feeling good as hell. Mm-hmm. She doesn't give a shit about the 200 some men that she lost. She could care less about some dumbass thaumaturg and his team that got away. She's not even going to send somebody after them. She's like, whatever, they yeah. served their purpose. Yeah. She's totally chill just watching these tiny children fight each other, like literal wolves. She calls them cubs, even in her, in her, in her monologue or whatever. She's ready to wage war on earth. She's ready to get this marriage thing over with. I feel like she's on cloud, like she is feeling good as hell. She feels like she has won.
1: Yeah. Her, her plan is going like. Getting married. Check. Take over Earth. Check. Like those are the her <laughs> last two checks that she needed to check from her like Now she
0: needs send her on a silver platter and she'll be exactly. one happy happy queen. She needs one little check.
1: Yeah. She's just like <laughs> yeah, that perfectly. Exactly. Like her little nails did if that was a thing and be like, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so
0: we had the same quote.
1: We did. Yes. Which is funny because like I, I really like you said that love part stuck out, and to yes. me, what stuck out too is like, a, do they truly love her, love her, or is that more of the control thing, or they do because they actually like her, like her, and then curious to know how that's going to stem into the earth, and like you said, like in Kai's point of view, he had all these thoughts about her like that as soon as he saw her. Mm-hmm. So is it? You know, I just I thought that was an interesting thing just kind of thinking about what that word means though. To her, like you said, to her that it's enough that they love her, that she can control them in that way and that's all she wants.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. So the actual quote is not like the people of Luna loved her, not like the people of Earth would soon come to. She has I I don't know what happened to her, but she has an insane desire to be loved, Um. not to be respected, not to be feared, not to be revered. In these two sentences, we see her deepest desire is to be loved. And I want to know more. I want to know why. Mm. I think that's a very human characteristic to want to be loved, to want to be wanted, to feel the need to be needed. And We're not given any indication, even in this chapter, especially in this chapter, that Lavana is an actual human capable of needing anything other than power. Right. And yet that one paragraph about her wedding ring and these two sentences about wanting to be loved have me questioning
1: who this bitch really is. Yeah. Like, does she even know what that means? Like, yeah, you know, up to this point, I would think like she didn't even know, like she's never loved or she doesn't know what love actually means, but it's so important to her to feel that from other people. It's very interesting.
0: It is very interesting. And I think part of it too, is that we, as the reader, don't know, don't know anything about Lavana as a, <laughs> as a person. This is our first word literally two chapters away from being done with the second book in the series and we this is the first time we've even gotten her perspective right and it's a very short perspective it's literally just like look at my minions oh yeah I'm getting married Mm -hmm. I want people to love me I mean if you're going to simplify it that's what this chapter is so it's just it just brings me more questions like I As I think Lavanna is a well-written villain. I think she's absolutely terrifying in all the best ways. Um, She kind of she does and says things that make your skin crawl, and that's what makes a good bad guy in a story. Mm -hmm. But this has me intrigued on a personal level. I want to know what it is that happened to her that she feels this way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You nailed it. That's exactly what it is.
0: So this week, there was two captains and one Easter egg, but I feel like I might have missed more. So listeners, feel free to at me if I missed any more eggs. Um, Next week, I have two very special guests coming on. It's going to be a surprise, but they're very special guests. <laughs> and we're going to do the last two chapters of Scarlet, chapters 46 and 47. That's exciting. Yes. And then before we start, Crest, I will do a Beauty and the Beast uh, topical episode.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Beauty and the Beast is one of my favorite. Uh, Me too. Series.
0: Rapunzel is my all-time favorite, but I love Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I know you've come on before, but tell mm-hmm. people about Badass Literature Podcast. Where can they find you? What are your episodes about? When do oh. they come out?
1: So you can find us in any streaming services pretty much. Um, and it's just at badass Lit podcast. Um, we have a, an Instagram account and, um, a Facebook account now as well. Same thing. Um, and we're just still talking about books it's more general. Um, but we also like having our listeners recommend books for us to read because, between the three of us that host it, we all have very different likes in the books that we like to read. Um, and the reason why I wanted to start is just to get more of an open-mindedness of like different genres. Um, since we each kind of had one in particular that we liked, and I was like, well, I've never branched out to another one. Maybe I'll like these books as well. So we've been reading a lot of uh, fantasy novels. Um, and I like fantasies, so that's been nice. But some like high fantasy, I've had trouble with reading because it's just like a lot to digest. Um, pretty much a so lot of like world building and a lot of like explanation yes. of how
0: everything works. They're
1: lengthy novels, and I yeah. love me long books. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love long books and stuff, but sometimes it's just like, oof, man, it's a lot to, you know, like process. It, pro- yes. Like, yeah process and a lot of kids it tends to have a lot of characters and so you're like okay like who is this how are they connected and it's really in depth and stuff like that so it's not one of those easy beach read books you know right so um but yeah last
0: time we talked I recommended things unseen yes yes things not seen yes things not seen which is a great book Uh, which I have not read in a really long time but (laughs) it's about a boy that uses a heating blanket and goes invisible (laughs) which you would think would terrify me because as listeners know I am obsessed with my plug-in blanket (laughs) as is my dog who's currently stolen my heating pad for the same purpose
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you recommended that and then um cinder as well yeah so of course yeah and i'll come your- on the cinder episode if you want that would be exciting
0: yes i would love to have you have your boyfriend read so he could come i could have all of you guys on for an episode of Cress, and it would just be like so many people talking <laughs> <laughs> i would love it it would be fabulous. like a round table discussion
1: <laughs> i as ho- like hopefully he likes cinder so then he can read scarlet and um uh, move on to crest so yeah we can be on your oh. podcast as a, a duo press is my favorite book in this series I'm so excited for July to get here oh my goodness yeah that'll be the next one I'm reading outside of the podcast because I still read books in between so um I wanted so to finish another series I had started like forever ago like 2012 and I'm just now finishing it I'm so embarrassed oh my
0: god that's how I am I get so, so caught bad. up like I one of my grad school classes there's like 25 novels that I have to read in 5 weeks and I have to write papers on all of them. Oof, man. And I was like I told I like was reading the email and I I like almost started crying and Quentin was like "What's wrong?" and I was like I just I have all the books I want to read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> i have my own to be read pile and i have to put it on pause yeah so i can read all these books which is fine i've read a few of them and they're really good so far that's not the point though the point is i had my own books i was trying to read still and i have to stop reading them so i can read these ones yeah and i have all these books i wanted to read and it breaks my heart
1: a pile of like 200 books because there's just so many good ones out there. And then rereading no. the ones that you love as well, you know, that's also a problem for me. So, yeah, but I wanted to finish this series. And then I was like, okay, now I need to finish this, the Lunar Chronicles because yes. I, I have all the books. And, and then I... you can come on more episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's why I'm excited to start Crafts too. Because you haven't read Crest yet, have you? I haven't, no. That's so exciting. To the podcast and hear like people's thoughts and get get the stuff that I had originally missed from the other books, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, and having not to flip through it and be like, I picked up on that, too. Or, oh, whoa, I did not pick up on that. That's so exciting. Yeah, Yeah. that's
0: what I love about the Easter eggs on the Patreon page, because this podcast is spoiler-free, but like I get to pick up on all the foreshadowing and... Patrons are usually pretty good about, like, hey, you missed one, or hey, that's not really an Easter egg, because mm-hmm. sometimes I think something is an Easter egg, and really it's just me being, like, isn't this cool? <laughs>
1: and it's, like, oh, it, it doesn't Bethany. get repeated in the future, though. Oh, <laughs> well, it's still cool. You should have Easter egg and then Bethany's Easter egg. <laughs> like, Easter eggs and
0: then, like, tiny things that make Bethany smile. Yes. <laughs> They're happies. Yes. <laughs> So next week, like I said, chapters 46 and 47, please rate, review, and subscribe to Prince Kai Fan Pod and check out Badass Lit Podcast and rate, review, and subscribe and follow them on Instagram. And make sure you pay attention to my Instagram page. I will let everyone know um, and I'll make an announcement on the next episode when you can expect the
1: Marissa Meyer episode. I'm so excited to listen back to that.
0: Me too. I'm excited to do it.
1: I'll probably be messaging you like, Oh my gosh, how do it.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I'm gonna be uh like nine. <laughs> uh, somebody should give me like a Prozac or something before we start <laughs> so I don't make a fool of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that you stay safe in everything that's going on. And big thank you for coming on another episode. Of course, I was excited. I'm having fun with these, so.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for you to start crust. You'll you'll have to message me about all of it. Okay, for sure. Okay. No, I'll let you know. Uh, I'm <laughs> since it's your favorite, so I'm like it has to be. I'm hoping there's more Thorin in it too. So.
0: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. So thank you for coming on, and um. Until next time, don't get glamored. <laughs> I love that. So cute. I- <laughs> <laughs> the passages read for you today are from Scarlet by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Barbara from Badass Literature Podcast. Logo art was created by Angela Wong and the intro outro music is by Emma Pavo. Thank you for listening.